Good morning and happy Sunday. Welcome to our October 13th, 2019 service from La Jolla Presbyterian Church. Today, Paul is away and Reverend Michael Mudgett is preaching. Reverend Mudgett is the Executive Presbyter of the San Diego Presbytery, the body that oversees the 31 Presbyterian churches in the San Diego area. Michael's message is titled, Navigating Two Kingdoms. It's the fifth week in the fall sermon series titled, Stranger in a Strange Land, Finding Hope in First Peter. Today we're looking at what it means to be a citizen of God's kingdom and foreigners here on earth, as found in First Peter chapter 2, verses 11-17. through 17. If you would like to connect with our church, you can find our website at ljpress.org. We hope to see lives transformed by our relationship with Jesus, and we strive to be a place where you experience and are able to express that transforming love of Christ. And now here's Michael with Navigating Two Kingdoms. Well, you know, it really is good to be here. Um, I'm just reminded as I see Scott up here leading worship that I get the privilege of serving alongside of your pastors, Paul and Scott and Laura, who serves on Budget, Property, and Finance Committee at the Presbytery level. And uh, I've been to the street choir um, presentations, and you've got just great leadership here. I know you know that. And what a blessing it is for me and Karen to be here and be a part of this worship. So this is a joy for me, even though I may miss a cue or two. Paul says you're a very gracious church. You know, Karen and I have had some experience living in two different kingdoms. In seminary, I took a year between my middler year and my senior year to do an internship in the Church of Scotland at St. Luke's Church in the country of Scotland. We lived in Greenock for almost a year. Yet, we were always citizens of the United States. And we had a great experience, but we, you know, we didn't morph into Scots. As much as Dr. McCall would probably want me to have done that, we didn't morph into Scots. We lived in the Scottish culture. We experienced it, but we're not of the culture. We, you might say we were in that culture, but not of that culture. And we comported ourselves there just as we would have in the United States, as law-abiding, authentic Americans. Now, today's scripture reading reminded me of this experience in Scotland. The Apostle Peter counsels believers living in a very hostile world, and he's writing this letter to the people in Asia Minor, which is western Turkey, and oftentimes those governments were hostile. Nero was the Roman emperor, and he was not fond of Christians by any stretch of the imagination. So he's writing this letter to those believers in a very hostile world on how to navigate living in two kingdoms, the kingdom of God on the one hand and the earthly kingdom on the other. And he teaches them and us that if we adhere to certain spiritual principles, we can successfully navigate the tensions between these two kingdoms and in that process give glory to God. So let's briefly look at a couple of these principles in today's reading. So the reading is from the epistle of Peter, 1 Peter, 
chapter 2, verses 11 through 17. It's from the TNIV version. And Peter writes, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of the foolish. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love your fellow believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. That's the word of the Lord. What's the first principle? It's so important, and it brings so much joy, and it's this. Live like citizens of the kingdom of God. We are in that kingdom. And Peter reminds his people, his flocks, of that very important overarching truth. In fact, Paul probably covered it in the introduction to chapter 1. He refers to his audience as exiles. And later in chapter 1 of this epistle, he refers to them as foreigners. He says, live out your time as foreigners here on this earth. And now, in chapter 2, in our reading today, he refers to them as both exiles and foreigners. You think he might be emphasizing something? He's telling us that we are pilgrims on this earth. Remember, upon your conversion and commitment to Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. Our citizenship was transferred to the kingdom of heaven. Our primary citizenship, you might have dual citizenship now, but your primary citizenship is in the kingdom of God. We live in this very transient and temporal world, but we are not of the world. And that's the point Peter is making here. We still live in this kingdom. But God's kingdom, which is here and now, right? We pray that every service. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done now. God's kingdom is here and now, and it has a claim on our lives as believers in Jesus Christ. That kingdom has an authority over us. We are first and foremost citizens of that kingdom. And you know, we should be excited about that. I sit out on my little porch in the morning at 530 in the morning, and it just really struck me what a joy it is, what a privilege it is to know that I am called by Christ to be a member of the kingdom of God. And that should excite us. That should give you great joy that there is this overarching authority to which we are beholden, to which has has a claim on our life. And Jesus mentioned that in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 44. Do we have it up? 
He, he said this, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when the man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. That's pretty amazing. What Jesus is teaching is that no matter what your assets, what your portfolio looks like, how successful you've been in this world, how high you've climbed the ladders of success according to this kingdom, it's not worth your citizenship in the kingdom of God. You can sell all of that because this treasure of being a citizen in the kingdom of God is worth much, much more than anything we can accumulate on this earth. And he says that person sold everything he had for the joy, the pure joy of knowing that that kingdom of God is where he dwells, is where his first commitment is, is where his citizenship lies. So live now according to the rule of law in that kingdom. If that is our citizenship and the kingdom of God is our kingdom, we must live according to that rule of law, right? Just as you are citizens of the United States, you live here in San Diego County, you abide by the laws of these, the municipality, of the state, of the federal governments, we abide by those laws. So now we abide by the rule of the law of the kingdom of God. And you know what that law is. Jesus taught it. He didn't teach 600 or 700 rules, you know, of the Jewish under the Jewish law, he taught the two great commandments, didn't he? Because included in those two commandments are all the laws. And the first is what? To love the Lord your God, you could say it with me, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. That's the first great law. And we are to do that with everything we have, right? With all. We are to do it whole. Heartedly, not half-heartedly, but wholeheartedly. We are to be all in. And as we draw closer to God through that love, as we draw closer in relationship to our Father, our triune God, something happens within us. We go deeper spiritually. We go deeper into relationship, and we are transformed Paul put it, we are transformed from one degree of glory to another during this journey here on earth, during our pilgrim's progress. We are being transformed. We are informed by the citizenship. We are transformed by living according to that rule of law to love the Lord thy God with everything we have. And in that communion, we are transformed into new people. And there's something different about us, or there should be, when we're living under the kingdom of God rather than the kingdom of this world, which, quite frankly, can be very chaotic and confusing. Now, that's part of the law. And the second part is to love your neighbor as yourself. Challenging, isn't it? But when we begin to see that we're all made in the image and likeness of God, and that as broken as I am, God loved, still loved me and redeemed me, how can I not see the image and likeness in each one of you, no matter how much personality conflict we might have, and say, if God loves you, that's good enough for me. I love you too, brother or sister. 
Love your neighbor as you would love yourself. Jim Edwards, a theologian here in California, wrote this about that second commandment. Love of neighbor, moreover, is the chief means of loving God, wholly and genuinely. Stop and think about that. It's the chief means of loving God. In other words, how we love our neighbor is a reflection of how much you love God. And you know what? We're called to love our enemies. Stop and let that settle in a little bit. How are we doing on that front? How are we doing as citizens of the kingdom of God of living in accordance with the rule of love that is the rule of law in that kingdom? In our transformed lives, we are lights on a lampstand. And we project that out into the world. It's not our light. It's not your light. It's the light of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And that shines and goes out. And so we have verse 12. If I don't know if we can get that in the projection. It says, Live such good lives, Peter writes, among the pagans, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So we're living kingdom lives. We're living those great principles of love for God with all of our heart and to our neighbor as ourselves. And it says here, we're going to have an impact on the neighborhood. It says they will come to glorify God. In other words, they will come to faith through you, through us, through God working in and through us. We are transformed so that it's no longer about us, it's about God. God dwelling in us, moving in and through us, out into the neighborhood. Where we're more jazzed, not by serving myself, not by acquiring more of this or that, but by giving out, being a conduit of God's blessings to the world. That's what excites us. And that's the point Peter's telling his people. He says, don't worry about Nero. Don't worry about the chaos and confusion. Don't worry about the suffering. We're there with you. I'm your pastor. I walk with you. But know that the one greater is living within you and projecting his love and his light out into the community. And God's work is being done in a very hostile world in and through you. That's the first principle. The second is this. As citizens of God's kingdom, submit to human authority. Human authority is a gift from God. Sometimes when you read the headlines today, you might scratch your head. But it's not the system of human authority that's, a, that, that, that's the issue. You know, there's a hierarchy in God's kingdom. So if we're think, talking about the kingdom of God, there's a hierarchy. You know, it's God. God is God, and we are not. That's the hierarchy. It's biblical. We are not. God's created angels and archangels, seraphim, all of creation. He's created us. We all have a role to play. But the God is God, and God is the creator. We are the creation And there's a world of difference there. There's a hierarchy of authority. And so God says, hey, if it's good enough for me up in the realm of the heaven, I'm going to gift you folks in this kingdom of the earth with authority, 
with human authority, with the institutions of government that we have. And so that is a gift from God. Now, verse 13, in Peter's verse 13, he writes this. He says, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority, and it goes on. But he says, submit. You know, sometimes that's just a lousy word. I I won't submit to anybody's authority. Well, that's not biblical either, is it? We are called to submit, to yield, to surrender. Submit ourselves to human authority. You know, when I was in the Navy, uh, I went in very young at first, and I was enlisted, and I was with a squadron, and we deployed on board the John F. Kennedy. And when I reported on board the John F. Kennedy, I had to stop at the ramp and salute the ensign and say, request permission to come aboard, sir. And then the, whoever had the assignment, the watch, would then let me come aboard as long as I had an identification. That commanding officer of the ship was my boss. He was the commanding officer. There was no democracy on board that ship. I willingly, knowingly, and voluntarily submitted to his authority. I was still a citizen of the United States. I still had roots back in civilian life, but for a period of time, I surrendered and I submitted to this other authority. And it was good. It brought order out of chaos. There was good order and discipline as a result of submitting. I didn't find it that difficult to submit. And if you think about it, we submit to all sorts of things each and every day. But there's a caveat to that, because Peter writes, submit what? For the Lord's sake to these authorities. Just as he says, love one another, he qualifies it, as I have loved you. That's a big qualifier. When he says submit to authority, this is a big qualifier, for the Lord's sake. There's a way that authority is dispensed and implemented that is God-honoring. And there is a way that this God-given gift of, of authority can be corrupted as well. And that's not what Peter's talking about. Respect and submit to authority. Conversely, do not abuse authority once entrusted to you. And I'd say this. I thought, on that prayer this morning, Scott, you just hit the nail on the head. I could have said an amen after that, and I said, that's a great sermon, your prayer. Submit to the authorities, except to the extent to do so would violate the clear teaching of Scripture. You lifted that up very well in your prayer, and that's a biblical principle as well. You said, that would lead to anarchy and chaos, Not not when we are ordered by human authority to contradict or contravene the rule of God's law. There are biblical examples of civil disobedience. If you look at Exodus 1, there are two midwives called Shifra and Pua. The Pharaoh told those two to kill every male born of the Hebrew women. Did they do it? No. In fact, they go back to Pharaoh and lie to him. And the scripture says, and God honored those two women. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They refused to worship this 90-foot idol of Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel went to the lion's den because he refused not to pray to his God. Peter and John were thrown in jail by the Sanhedrin because they refused not to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to the people. 
Those are exceptions. But the overall principle is a human authority is a gift from God, and it brings order out of chaos, and it's for us to submit to it for the glory of God. So let me conclude this sermon with, with this note. I'll ask the question again, how do we navigate these two kingdoms of God that we live in? Being first and foremost citizens of the kingdom of God and living by the rule of love and honoring human authority, all of that can be summed up in a poem by Cardinal John Henry Newman, a Catholic who lived in the 19th century. It's a poem I love. It's called Radiating Jesus, and I'm going to read it to you in conclusion. Dear Jesus, help me to spread your fragrance wherever I go. Flood my soul with your spirit and life. Penetrate and possess my whole being so utterly that my life may only be a radiance of yours. And shine through me and be so in me that every soul I come in contact with may feel your presence in my soul. Let me look up and see no longer me, but only Jesus. Stay with me, and then I shall begin to shine as you shine, so to shine as to be a light to others. The light, O Jesus, will be all from you. None of it will be mine. It will be you shining on others through me. Let me thus praise you the way you love best, by shining on those around me. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you so much. For your love, we thank you, Lord, for how you transform us and how you inform us through your great, the rules of your kingdom, the, king, the rule of love. You inform us on how we should live and comport ourselves here in this kingdom on earth. And it is so simple. It's to live our life now and here as we would and as we do in the kingdom of God. Give us the strength to do that. By your grace and by your mercy, Lord, we walk as pilgrims on this earth. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Michael. And thank you for listening. The kickoff of our concert season is today. The ever-popular Young Artists Concert will be this afternoon, October 13th at 4 p.m., this year, we will enjoy the talents of three wonderful Music Merit Foundation scholarship winners. Come hear this great up-and-coming talent today at 4 p.m. in the Sanctuary. The Women's One Day Conference is also fast approaching, Saturday, October 19th, from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Our conference, called Seen, Heard, Love, will feed your mind, body, and soul. Tickets are $50, and hurry, the deadline and the last day to register is October 14th. You can register online at ljpress.events women. On Saturday, October 26th, we're hosting a new members class for those interested in joining La Jolla Press. The class includes breakfast and lunch and is a great way to get connected at La Jolla Press. The easiest way to register is by emailing Erica Hill. Erica's email address is Erica H. That's E-R-I-K-A-H at ljpress.org. Also on the 26th of October is our quarterly prayer and healing service. We'll be meeting in Fellowship Hall from 10 to 11.30 a.m. 
At this special service, Jim Sedgwick will share a message titled, Listening to God. The service will include worship, music, a reflection on biblical healing, and individual prayer stations. For more information, contact Sharon Balch. Sharon's email is sbalch at san.rr.com. You can find a complete listing of what's going on around La Jolla Press on our website at ljpress.org. That's ljpres.org, or call the church office at 858-454-0713. We hope you have a wonderful week full of many blessings, and we hope to see you soon.